Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello and welcome back. Falta Dirv Galair, that means you're all very welcome to the Letter from Ireland show and we're now on Series 5, Episode 2. Well, it's autumn here in Ireland and that is the very best time to be out and about in the countryside. We don't need any excuse, so Mike and I were headed off to visit a county we rarely get to spend time in. The county we were setting our sights on this time was County Cavan, up there close to Fermanagh, Monaghan and Leitrim up north. If you'd like to hear what we discovered and who we bumped into on our journey, why not join us now and listen along to what we got up to in this lovely county of Cavan, where we've heard that there is a lake for every day of the year. Mike and I live down south in County Cork, and so our journey to Cavan took us to the north to follow in the footsteps of our Irish ancestors. Now, those of you who are regular listeners to the Letter from Ireland show, you'll know that we go out and about in Ireland, meeting those who love to share their knowledge of Ireland, past and present, exploring the landscape. And of course, we love to have you join us as we visit the places of your own Irish ancestors and give you a glimpse of what life was like for them. To tell you the truth, Mike and I have been to Cavan before, but we were only passing through. We always seem to be heading off to another county, so we were very excited to stay put this time and spend some time in County Cavan. If any of the items we mention in the show today catch your attention, you can see all the links in the show notes at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 502. So all the links we mention are in those show notes at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 502. Don't worry though, I'm going to mention the link again at the end of the show for you. Now, one man forever connected with County Cavan is Percy French. You may not know Percy, but his songs are going to strike a chord, I'm sure. You've all heard of the Mountains of Morn, maybe Phil the Fluter's Ball, and of course, the famous song called Come Back Paddy Riley to Bally James Duff. And in that song, he mentions the Garden of Eden has vanished, but it can be still found in Cavan if you turn left at the Bridge of Finay and then stop halfway up to Coot Hill. Now, when we were listening to that song, Percy French has touched on three very important aspects of Cavan life at the turn of the late 19th and early 20th century when he first composed the song. First up, he mentions the wonderful towns and villages in Cavan, Finay, Coot Hill, Bally, James Duff and more. Secondly, he soulfully calls to the emigrant Paddy Riley, who leaves Cavan for Scotland to find work, to turn back and return home to Ireland. And thirdly, of course, he mentions Riley, a surname that links back to the old chieftains of Cavan or East Brefna, as it was once known. So the song, Come Back Paddy Riley to Bally James Duff, recounted the story of our ancestors in a very compelling way. And Mike and I decided to follow the footsteps of our ancestors, remembering the themes in the song. 
because he touched on the beautiful counties, towns and villages, the immigration of the people for work and the history of O'Reilly's in Cavan. We had all this in mind as we travelled through the county Cavan. Our first stop when we arrived there was to see the town of Coot Hill that Percy mentions in his song. The first thing I noticed was the very wide main street of this country town and we parked at the top of the town to explore more. Here's what we discovered when we arrived in Coot Hill. Welcome to Coot Hill. Coot Hill is in the east part of County Cavan and it's a wonderful example of an 18th century Ulster linen market town. So linen was really part of the history here. If These lands around this area were previously owned by the O'Reilly clan and then during the Cromwellian Wars they were given to the Coote family and Charles Coote was very interested in developing the linen industry here in the 17th century. I'm standing here on Market Street and I'm actually looking at his wonderful house which is here still on the street and very well preserved. Uh, this is a, a busy little town this morning. There's lots of cars flying up and down the street and we're after walking around and taking a trip around the area and we're going to fill you in on more on Cavan and County Cavan and the wonderful areas around here as we go along today. Coot Hill was a great place to start our exploration of County Cavan. And then we were off to see some more towns when a town with an interesting name of Virginia caught our eye. And once again, there was the very wide main street with very well-appointed houses on each side, looking very much like the layout of Coot Hill. It was busy in the town, but we found a quiet spot on the avenue of the church grounds, surrounded by enormous yew trees, where Mike explains more of the history of these plantation towns here in East County Cavan, and why those yew trees were really important. Okay, folks, so here we are in the town of Virginia in County Cavan. Uh, I think I said that right, County Cavan. And uh, it's kind of a bit of an overcast day here. But what we're doing is we're going through a lot of the actual various towns, what you might call the plantation towns, in the east of County Cavan. Now, let me explain a little bit more, because back in the day, this would have been the area that would have been held by the O'Reilly clan in the Kingdom of Brefna. And in turn, around about the 1100s, the De Lacy Norman lords would have incurred on the area, because it was better land, basically. Um, over time, they became friends with the friends into marrying and so on with the actual O'Reilly's and various families like the Fitzsimmons and so on moved in here but then I suppose round about the I think it was the mid to late 1500s we have the plantation of Ulster so at that point in time you have areas like this come under coming under close scrutiny from England and essentially various undertakers in other words rich landlords in England undertook to plant these particular areas with their own carpenters, their own blacksmiths, and eventually their own farmers and so on. So Virginia is an example of that, and we have other ones as well, like Baileyborough. We've uh, kept, we're going into Bally James Duff. Uh, we already came from. I'm trying to remember the names of the various places at this point. Yeah, Kingscourt. Thanks, Karina, behind the camera. So you know, I, sp I suppose the other thing to say as well, they're all laid out in a similar sort of way because they were planned with a big wide street just behind us here and maybe you can see it there in the distance uh, with merchant houses either side and room for a fair of course on a regular basis in the middle of the town. Uh, the other thing to say as well is this particular area 
uh, boomed commercially because of the actual linen industry in the 1700s. So we have that point in time, up to about the time of mechanisation in the early 1800s, where essentially if you looked around the fields around here, you would have seen the actual flax uh, drying off and so on as it made its way towards being linen. Uh, you would have had quite a lot of kind of rich merchants setting up in the area and so on. So, you know, it was a booming place. And uh, I think kind of just to say today, there's still a little bit of the boom about it kind of slowly coming back here after our Celtic Tiger and our crash, of course. Um, so I guess the east of County Cavan with its various family surnames like O'Reilly, of course, Fitzsimmons, Brady, McGowan, Smith, all those sorts of kind of many, many names like that. But also there's a lot of names came into the area as well from England and from Scotland back in the 1500s, 1600s into 1700s. So looking forward to exploring the uh, town a little bit more. And in fact, as I'm actually looking up here, the old Irish name for Virginia, which of course the new name is named after Elizabeth I, the Virgin Queen. But as we actually look up here, we see here a whole avenue of yew trees. And I can't remember the name in Irish, maybe Karina remembers there? Allure. Allure I think it is, yeah. That's it, yeah. So essentially we see a, a whole lot of yew trees working its way up to the old, typically typical configuration, the old Church of Ireland church up there overlooking the town. Uh, the Catholic church built a little bit later and ideally a bit higher. Do any of you listeners have an O'Reilly or maybe Fitzsimmons or Brady, McGowan or Smith in your family tree? Or maybe some of your ancestors came from Cavan. If so, you must take time one day to visit this lovely county where you'll see these surnames in abundance and meet welcoming and friendly people along the way. The Cavan people, we felt, couldn't have made us feel more comfortable and we were really enjoying exploring this less well-known county. Well, Percy French certainly had it right when he said in his song that the Garden of Eden had vanished but really was found in County Cavan. And so we couldn't come back to Cavan and visit Cavan without going to Bally James Duff. As luck would have it in Bally James Duff, they have the Cavan County Museum and there's a room there dedicated to Percy French, which I was delighted to see. The room gave me a real feel for Percy and Savina Donoghue, who's curator of the museum, took time to chat with us and fill us in on the background of the famous song and the songwriter. And I got to see a picture of Paddy Riley among all the memorabilia. Hi, Karina. Um, my name is Savina Donoghue and I'm the curator here at the Cavan County Museum, which is located in Bally Jim Stuff. Well, we're here to Bally James Duff because I would love to find out about Percy French. And I believe you have a little exhibition here. This room we're standing mm -hmm. in is yeah. all about Percy. It is all about Percy because of course you know uh, the famous song, Come Back Paddy Riley to Bally James Duff. And a lot of visitors come to the museum here, Corrine, and they'll say, actually there was no such person as Paddy Riley, but there was. Ah. Um, here he is here actually, this is Paddy Riley. This is one of the only photographs there is of Paddy Riley. But just to tell you about Paddy Riley and Percy French. Percy French, when he came to Cavan, he was an engineer. And he used to go around the county inspecting the drains. Inspector of the drains, That's what the, Yeah, the office inspector. That was his job. Yes, yeah. and when he came to Bally James stuff, Paddy Riley was a Jarvey. And Paddy used to bring him around in his pony and trap. And they became friends. They became good friends, they used to chat and have to crack and the whole lot. 
And one time Percy French came back to Bally Jim stuff, Paddy Riley was gone. He'd oh. emigrated actually to Scotland. Okay. And like a very air, common occurrence. Yes, yes, yes. And they say he actually went up to Old Castle and left his uh, pony and trap at the train station in Old Castle, got on the train, went to Scotland. Oh, that's such a sad image, isn't yes. it? Yes, and then yeah. Percy French often in his life, you'll see with his paintings and with his um, the plays he wrote and the music he wrote, when something significant happened in his life, he tended to write something. So that's why he wrote Come Back Paddy Riley to Valley Jim Stuff. So, so that's the song. Wonderful, fantastic. Yes, yes. And, uh, Paddy Riley is buried here as well. I see locally. Is he in Paddy Riley is buried locally, and uh, Percy French is buried over in England. Percy French was from Roscommon, but when he went over to England, at one stage he became unwell, and he's actually buried over there. That's really so, really good. Yeah. And the whole theme of immigration from this mm. area in Cavan. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that? You know, uh, Cavan, I suppose, like many other counties in Ireland, was very very badly influenced or affected by immigration. And I know there still is, but somehow it's different when you hear the stories a long ago because we don't have the social media or the phones and everything that we have now. They had none of that. So emigration then, when I hear some of the stories, especially visitors who come to the museum, you know, with their grandparents or great-grandparents from Cavan, some of their stories are really sad. So they How they left. left. Yeah, yeah. And, probably, and probably many of them never came back. And where did they go to, Sabina? A lot of them went to America, you know, a lot went to America, a lot went to England, now they would probably come back from England, but America probably was the most place, some to Australia, but for us, mostly American visitors. Well, thank you very much for showing us this room dedicated to Percy French in, in the museum. And I'm going to look forward to checking out all the other areas because I know you have a lot going on There's here in this museum on, and Cavan. Both indoors and we have as many more exhibitions outdoors. So there's a great mix. Excellent. And I believe there's a statue of Percy up the town as well that we're going statue. to go and have yes, a visit there Yes, go and see too. that. Yes. So yeah. as you can imagine, Bally James of Percy French, huge connections. Thank you very much, Sabina, for having us. Thank, thank you. you. they say but I know the lie of it still I turn to the left at the bridge of Finlay and stop when halfway to Coot Hill tis there I will find it I know sure enough when fortune has come to my call Ah, the grass, it is green around Valley Jim's Duff, and the blue sky is over it all. And the tones that are tender, and tones that are gruff, come whispering over the sea. Ah, come back, Paddy Riley, to Valley Jim's Duff. Come home, Paddy Riley, to me. The feeling that stayed with me after speaking with Savina was the heartbreak suffered by the families left behind through the years of emigration.
Just as in the song where Percy alluded to the lonesome donkey and Paddy's family all being left behind while Paddy himself headed to Scotland, surely this was a very familiar tale to Manny and Cavan and throughout rural Ireland. It's no surprise that the town of Bally James Duff, made famous by Percy, honours Percy French with a prominent stone statue taking pride of place on the street. Mike headed straight over there and got a photo of Percy relaxing on a bench, immortalised in stone. He was indeed a fine-looking man with distinguished long whiskers and a very kind face. But it was time to say goodbye to Bally James Duff and then onwards to Cavan Town and to see if we could find where Percy lived when he stayed in Cavan. When we arrived in Cavan Town, you knew you were in the capital town of that county. It had an air of importance and bustle, and I headed across the town to the once grand area that Percy lived. I found myself walking along an avenue lined with impressive Georgian houses. Maybe that had seen better times. Today, it's a busy thoroughfare, and I finally found a little plaque on Percy's home, which is located just across the road from the library and cathedral. I'm here in Farnham Street on Cavan, town in County Cavan, and I have the pleasure and delight of standing outside the house of Percy French. Now, Percy French, you know, wrote that wonderful song, uh, Come Back to Bally James Duff, but he also had the job as an engineer, and while he was in Cavan and working here in the town, he was an inspector of the drains here. So this is quite an official street, actually, that we're on. There seems to be a lot of uh, offices around here as well, so maybe he lived right in the thick of it, as they say. The house that we're looking at where he lived is a really imposing cut stone terrace house. It's a three-story house with large windows looking out onto the street here. Um, and it looks really solid. Unfortunately, today it's a little sad looking as it looks like it is deserted. And we would want, love to get in there. And it's number 16. Um, and Percy lived here for seven years between 1881 and 88. So, let's discover some more about Cavan. And to discover more about Cavan, we walked right across the road to Cavan Library and spoke with the resident genealogist there, who's called Concepta McGovern. Now, this lady is a fund of knowledge and well worth making an appointment to see if you happen to be in Cavan Town. We were interested in the history of the O'Reilly clan and she pointed us to our next port of call, which took us outside the town and way back in time as we headed into the lush countryside and up Shantamon Hill to a very important place linked to the O'Reilly chieftains. But it had links that went way back further into the mists of time too. So here we are heading up to the um, top of the hill, Fiumacool's Five Fingers. As you can see, it's kind of overgrown here at the moment, just outside the town of Cavan. You wouldn't believe just a few short minutes ago, we are battling our way through the traffic to get here. Uh, not many people up here today or the last few days. But of course, as we find out later, some stage back over the last number of hundreds and thousands of years, this was the actual chief uh, inauguration site for the O'Reilly's, lords and kings of East Breffna. And also, I suppose, going back thousands of years before then, would have been the place where the local Druidic population, the local people would have celebrated the Celtic seasons. So it looks like we're almost at the top now. I can see the sun just beginning to break through. 
It's not all plain sailing, you know, following on the footsteps of our ancestors. And I have to tell you that when we got to the top of Chantemont Hill, we discovered we'd left part of our recording equipment way back in the car. So Mike got to do that climb all over again. We really do get to visit special places off the beaten track on the Irish ancestral trails. And this struck us as one such place. We had to get directions from the friendly neighbours who lived around the side of the hill and they told us to watch out for the paths that took us to the ceremonial site on top. I know without their directions we'd never have found it. I believe there are plans afoot to make the area more accessible to visitors but for now don't attempt the climb without some sturdy boots and a stick and long trousers. It's tough there going on that path with all the undergrowth. But as you'll hear, it's worth the effort to reach the top of Chantamon Hill. And when Percy mentioned Riley in that famous song, he was reaching back through the centuries to this very spot. I'm not sure he even knew about it, where we stood on that day. Well, we're here at the top of Chantamon Hill, just outside the town of Cavan in County Cavan. And we're at a place called Fionnmacool's Five Fingers. As you can see, maybe as you look around you there, it's because we're right beside a set of standing stones here that probably date back, I would say, one and a half thousand years plus. And there's five of them, hence the idea of Fionn McCool, one of the actual heroes of Ireland, and the Five Fingers. And I suppose the biggest significance for a lot of the folks watching this here today is that this particular place, which, as I look around at the moment, it's got a lot of kind of higher trees, but you would have had a view across a lot of the actual lands in County Cavan from this spot, and it was the inauguration site for the O'Reilly Kings, and chieftains, lords, if you all want to call them, of the beginning of the last millennium, if that's right, the millennium before last, actually, around the 1100s onwards, when the O'Reillys were actually lords, kings of East Brefna, which today is known as County Cavan. So they would have come up here at a time when the actual lordship, the kingship, was actually passing from one person to the next. And um, essentially, it was almost always the time that the Gaelic kings actually came to a point, the highest point of the land, so they could overlook their lands and actually, and usually at a site of special historical significance such as this. So this would have been ancient, if you like, uh, over a thousand years ago in the first place. And um, at that point in time then, they would have gone through with the help of their local, I suppose, kind of Druidic or the equivalent, um, um, I suppose, kind of uh, advisors later on, with their particular help and through a set of rituals, actually assumed the kingship or chieftainship. So it's a lovely day here today. The sun's just gone in for a few minutes. It's uh, late in uh, summer, I suppose, late August at this po point in time. There was nobody else up here. The uh, path up is very overgrown, uh, but it's just a lovely spot. Hear the birds in the background, but you can just imagine the history and significance of this place, and especially for the O'Reilly clan down through those centuries. Percy French mentioning the surname Riley in that famous song, Come Back Paddy Riley to Bally James Duff, connected back and linked to the heroes and legends of the past. And now Mike and I wanted to see and to know more of the O'Reillys and to further explore their history in Cavan. So we headed off to another amazingly beautiful part of the county, this time to a magical lake with a castle sitting on an island right in the centre of the wonderful, tranquil Loch Uter. Well, what a picturesque lake that I'm standing beside here. It's Loch Uter, O-U-G-H-T, 
U-T-E-R, but it's pronounced Uter. So Loch Uter has this fantastic castle here in the background, Isn't in the middle of the lake. Yeah. And Mike, you know, the story behind this castle, that didn't start out as the castle we see now. What, what was there previously? No, well folks, if you're not watching this in video, I could just describe it to you. It's a large lake, Loch Uter. I'd say it must be kind of a few hundred acres in size at least. Mm -hmm. And there's this small kind of round island which apparently, um, I, I think they actually lower the levels of the water, in fact, so it might have been even kind of uh, standing even lower in the water. There's this round island, and I think, Karina, going back maybe to the six or seven hundreds, it would have been what was called a crenogue, which would have been just kind of a, uh, a wooden building, essentially. So, so a wooden stick and mud building yeah, yeah. in the middle of the lake. They, I mean, were, they were generally in the middle of the lake for, for a special reason, weren't they, Mike? Uh, well, for obvious reasons it was, I suppose, just for security. Um, you know, and I guess what happened then was that there was probably used for different purposes by the local Riley chieftains for a long, long time. But the coming of the Normans around about uh, the late 1100s, they built one of their castles here. And it's one you can see here, actually, the, the remains of it. It's a lovely uh, round. And there's a big segment taken over there, but it's actually a round castle. Well, it looks like we can see right into the middle of it with the missing segment which there. Which is courtesy of Mr. Cromwell in the mid-1600s, yeah. So, I mean, that would have been actually uh, built in, it's one of the earliest castles in Ireland, would have been built in the uh, maybe 1200 thereabouts. Do you then the Norman family that built that castle? Uh, well, it would have been, the overlords would have been the De Lacy's from um, what's now County Meath. It might have been the Fitzsimmons, I'm not quite sure. It was probably just, well, it was certainly under the De Lacy's. De Lacy's. The time, uh -huh. But of course, the local chieftains, being the O'Reilly's at the time, they liked it so much, they decided to uh, oust the Normans and take it for themselves and it became one of the Riley strongholds of the area. For many hundreds of years, I guess, until Cromwell put a stop to well, that. Well, it went back and forward, of course, yeah. between a few different families, but yeah. And actually, I suppose about five miles as the crow flies, you have the town of Cavan itself, just over there, um, beyond the castle, what we're looking at. And that, of course, I suppose, would have been one of the main strongholds of the Rileys themselves. So this would have been our castle, more or less, asserting themselves in the area, saying, you know, we, you know, we, we run this area, this is our territory. And um, the castle was good and it was inhabited and so on. And it was around the time, I think in the mid 1600s, yes. we saw Onro O'Neill actually killed as part of the capture of this particular castle, at which point the castle itself was destroyed and not lived in from that point onwards, and, or used from that point onwards. And I, I believe Onro O'Neill then was uh, hid or buried in the abbey inside in, Ca in Cavan Town, That's where, where we were. There. We were just there this morning. As yes, happened. yeah, uh, yeah. So lots of stories about this wonderful castle. And we're here now on a lovely afternoon, aren't we, Mike, in the autumn? Oh, and sure it's, it's so quiet and it's been lots of little country roads to get down to here, but it's been worth it. Following the ancestors' footsteps, we are taken down many country roads walked beside tranquil locks and clambered up and down some rolling hills and our county cavern trip, all the time remembering the returning call of Percy French to the emigrant Paddy Riley, who left Bally James Duff for work in a foreign land, like so many of his countrymen and women. I'm sure they never forgot their native land and carried the picture of Cavan close to their hearts. And as Savina Donoghue, curator of the County Cavan Museum, reminded us, some never made it home. So Mike and I feel that we do complete that circle and make the journey home for many. And we're certain that we will be back to this lovely county as there's so much more to explore here on the Irish Ancestry Trails. So till then, Slán Gafol, 
to all in Cavan, and a special thanks to Savina and Concepta and the lovely, helpful people of Cavan County who remembered and reminded us of our ancestors and helped us to discover more about their lives and times. Thanks to listeners for your company on today's Letter from Ireland show. Thanks to all our friends in the green room and our readers on the Letter from Ireland. I hope, listeners, you enjoy the show and get to visit County Cavan one day for yourselves. If you're wondering about your Irish ancestors and you'd like to connect with us and discover more, I'll leave a link to the Green Room and to this show in the show notes at aletterfromireland.com forward slash 502. Why not give it a try so you never know who you'll find. And as our green room members often remind us, your ancestors are calling you and waiting to be discovered. Till we chat again, here's a lovely old Irish blessing on your journey. Good day, Shiv Slán, which means may you go safely. And we look forward to you joining us again next time on the Letter from Ireland show. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. <laughs>